Hello and uh, welcome to EG's Voice of the Region. I'm Jim Larkin, I'm a regional researcher with EG and as always I'll be finding out exactly what commercial real estate is like in a particular corner of the UK by talking to one of the regional agents riding high in its radius on demand rankings. Uh, this time we're following the advice of the Pet Shop Boys and going west, uh, west to Bristol where Burston Cook Associates sits comfortably at the head of the radius pack in terms of the number of deals completed across all sectors um, and I'm very pleased to be joined by Director Charlie Kershaw. Charlie, hello. Hi Dave, how are you? Good, thank you. Um, now, um, 1994 was a big year for Bristol. Um, there were seminal musical releases by the likes of Massive Attack and Portishead, um, and Banksy had just realised how stencils work, but arguably of greater significance um, was that this was when Burst and Cook came into existence. Um, can you talk us through how it was formed, who was involved, um, and I guess how it's grown since then in terms of the range of services you've come to offer and the territory you operate and the, the size of the company? Sure. Um, so yeah, you're right. Uh, 1994. Um, that's when <laughs> that's when and Cook was uh, put together. Um, Julian Cook and David Burston were the original uh, partners in the firm, and and to start with it was just the two of them, um, mainly um, focusing on on agency um, in Bristol and also um, asset management, sort of more nationally. Um, mm-hmm. And and from there over the years, it's it's developed into the business we are today where we've got 12 people in the business um, and but we've stayed pretty true to our sort of core values really with, with a main focus on agency uh, and also doing corporate asset management but we you know as with every every business um, you have to evolve and, and adapt over time um, and, and we now offer you know professional services so lease renewals rent reviews re-gears um, valuation uh, and also more strategic planning for for clients and their their estates. So um, we, we cover a pretty broad spectrum, and we're probably one of the few sort of smaller independent general practices left now in the in the Bristol area. Um, but we like to think that that we're we're fairly effective at what we do and and st- stood the test of time. So hopefully we'll we'll have another another 28 years in front of us still growing and adapting and serving our clients in the way that we do in Bristol. Excellent okay Um, now you did uh, 68 deals across the county of Bristol last year which is almost double the next nearest company on the radius rankings. Um, How big an achievement was it getting that many deals across the line given the restrictions in place and you know all the uncertainty in the market? Um, that's a that's a good question. I think first of all, it's probably a testament to the work of the team here, um, and, and the the lengths that people were prepared to go to working from home, um, conducting viewings under sort of difficult circumstances, and arranging um, those viewings. Sometimes having to do them virtually, um, and all all sorts of different things that that many of the you know we've seen across the industry has been been tricky tricky area to to operate in um first and foremost we were always keen to keep everybody safe um our staff and, and members of the public and applicants clients um and so that was always at the front of what we were doing but but equally we would always try with our business to to add the personal touch so we spent a huge amount of time on the phone uh video calls um making sure that people were being spoken to and uh I think that just helps um, when, when, you know, often 
it's easy to fire an email off, but um, it's often harder to pick up the phone. But but we try and do that, and um, and that helps to get get things across the line, um, especially when you're dealing with you know complex deals or um, you know multiple parties involved. If if you as an agent um, can can get involved in that process on a personal level um, to try and get things through, then then that certainly helps, and we try and do that. But um, really, it, it it did just come down to a lot of hard work and. Um, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's it. It was a it was a great achievement, and and hopefully we can uh, can push on from that this year. Okay. Um, how does uh, sixty eight deals compare to a, a more typical year? Um, and I guess how normal did things feel once you know we'd got past that initial period of lockdown last year? Yeah. Well, I, I think it started towards you know through the summer. Um, things started to feel like it was getting more back to normal, and then. Omicron uh, came along and, and caused a bit of a blip. And certainly towards the end of last year, it, you know, people didn't didn't really know which way things were going to go. But we've seen that come back. Um, the confidence is back in the market in January. We're, we're extremely busy, which is great. Um, in terms of how last year sort of compares to a normal year, um, it, it's down on the normal levels. We, would do. Um, we, we normally transact sort of well over 100 deals a year. Um, Fanola, one of the directors here a couple of years ago, did 54 on her own in a year. Wow. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but, 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 you know, you have these fluctuations. And I think it was a reflection of the fact that the, the market, um, some areas have slowed down, some have increased. And um, certainly as a business, we, we feel that we've come out of things really positively and, and there is real activity in the market now. So we're looking forward to doing more deals this year. Okay. Uh, now, I mean, the story I've heard from a lot of agents is that the logistics sector provided an absolute lifeline with, you know, huge units changing hands as quickly as they could be built. Um, is this a sector you're particularly involved with? Yeah, we, we do quite a lot uh, in the industrial market. Um, we typically, we tend to deal in, in the sort of mid-range to, to smaller end. So we're not doing the super sheds, um, mm. the, the big huge institutional things um it's certainly been been a great thing for us and because we're a small business and we're a general practice we're we're agile enough using the sort of management speak to 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 focus where where the markets are are doing well um and it has helped us through um and i think um what's often overshadowed by the by the big deals is the strength of the 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 small occupiers in that market throughout um you know deals sub 10,000 square foot that market's been extremely strong in in the Bristol area um and, and that was certainly certainly a help to us doing those deals um uh, over the last last couple of years as that market has held up really well okay what sort of occupiers are, are taking those units you know the sub 10,000 square feet that's a really good question i think <laughs> um the, Br- Bristol um specifically has got such a broad spectrum of businesses and occupiers that it's hard to to pin it mm-hmm. down. Certainly, there's there's an underlying strength in the distribution industry, and and that is is growing as things are going more online. So, been a been a lot of deals to to businesses involved in distribution, but there's also all sorts of other um, industries that um, that are t- taking in sort of industrial space. Um, got production companies. Um, so television studios, um, breweries, coffee roasters—you know, you name it. There, there's all all sorts of them 
out there, um, small industrial fabrication businesses. So it, it's just a, um, a a real mix, which which is great because um, it, it just shows the, the the diversity and vibrancy of of the Bristol business scene, really. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot of different guys out there for for space. Excellent. Okay. Um, what impact has that had on rents? Kind of say since the start of the pandemic, how much have headline rents increased for industrial units like that? Yeah. That, again, a good question. I mean, head, headline rents, if you're if you're looking at the top end, have pushed out about ten percent, um, yeah. and, and they're up around uh, eleven pounds now. Um, I think um, there, there's a you know, it's the simple market economics of supply and demand. Um, the the supply for for that area, um, the industrial and logistics market ha- has decreased as demands increased, and so we are seeing rental growth um, a- across all all sizes, um, and and so that's that's a, a positive thing for landlords. Um, it, it's probably you know sometimes it's difficult for occupiers if they've been in occupation. Um, for a long period of time of a building and and in a short space of time those those rent increases um mm. you know affect them when it comes to lease events rent reviews um lease renewals things like that but but i think a lot of the agents in the market would argue that that rents in the industrial and logistics sector have been suppressed for quite some time so it's probably not a bad thing that they've grown i i, I just suspect that some occupiers wish they weren't growing quite so quickly <laughs> <laughs> sure they do okay yeah. um now um bristol uh, it strikes me um it's kind of well connected with london but not so well connected that you you know you wouldn't want to do that daily commute every day um so i mean does kind of being out of london's gravitational pull in that sense kind of help the city and that it develops a kind of economy and a culture of its own yes certainly i think bristol's always done things its own way um uh, and as a result, it, you, I think if you're Bristolian, you have quite a, a sense of identity of being Bristolian um, mm-hmm. and, and not being a, a satellite of London or, or reliant on anyone on anyone else. Um, and I think that feeds through into the businesses that operate here. Um, we have a really, you know, strong business base that are Bristol based and not just satellites of l- larger London firms mm. and that that really helps um, people to feel like Bristol has its own identity um, and, and yeah that it's great to be a part of that and but having said that um, I, th- I think that you know the time the, the commuting time to London is being reduced by the works that they're doing on the rail network um, you, you can now get to London in, in an hour and 20 minutes and um, we, we've seen people moving to Bristol um, and then commuting two days a week. Um, certainly, with the you know new working from home, um, flexible working that seems to be being adopted, um, that's something that that we're we're seeing in the city. So I think that really we're benefiting from the best of both. Now we've got that strong sense of identity where there's a lot of Bristol-based businesses, um, but we're also pulling people west from London. And so it's a good, you know, it's probably a good place to be. Sure, excellent. Okay, um, we've sort of mentioned this in relation to industrial, but more broadly, um, which are the sectors in which Bristol is particularly strong in, and who tend to be the big employers there? Um, we've got very strong legal sector. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot, lot of good-sized legal firms based in Bristol. Uh, the financial sector is strong here. Um, 
Hargreaves Lansdowne, obviously one of the very well-known names, but there's a there's a lot of other um, financial businesses that have got um, bases here, and and then I think what's what's started to develop and and has snowballed. And BBC have been in Bristol for for many many years, but off the back of that, we've now seen um, huge number of production companies, media businesses um, c- coming into the city. Channel Four taking space. Um, you know, offshoots of Netflix and and things like that. So, um, that that's a that's a sector that seems to be growing, uh, and um, certainly not just on the the office occupation production side, but the actual physical production. So, um, studio space being taken in industrial locations. Um, so yeah, th- those are you know some some of the sectors. But but as I said, Bristol stands on its own two feet. So we've got really great independent retail um fantastic leisure scene um and, and you know across the spectrum there there's there's strong offerings so um yeah it's uh it's an interesting place to live and there's there's something for everyone i would say okay so i mean there's kind of demand for commercial property you know quite healthy demand across all the sectors yeah i th- i think the um the demise of the office was touted about for some time mm. but it, it it seems that um that's that's falling back and certainly if my commute to work in the morning is is anything to judge by the the volume of traffic on the roads it seems like people are getting back into the office um and demand demand across all sectors has has been good um arguably some of the larger retail occupiers have have, have suffered the most um but in in Bristol that's only a very small proportion of the market there's there's so many smaller independents um and, and that market's been really buoyant so um yeah, it's it it's pretty good news story. I think we've we've been quite lucky, relatively insulated from from a lot of the the, the issues that that could have could have affected us. And and it certainly seems that that Bristol is in a good position to press on now and and make the most of things now that we hope that the the worst of the pandemic is behind us. Sure. Okay. Um, how supportive is it for startup companies? I mean, is there the space they need at, at rents they can afford? Yeah, I think that um, there, there's always been a really strong entrepreneurial spirit in Bristol. And, and as a result, there's always been that underlying um, startup, uh, small business um, demand, which means that um, that landlords in the city have recognised that, and typically there has always been good space for those. Um, whether it's you know in smaller, um, more period cellular buildings where they're just taking small rooms when they first start, or in some of the bigger ones now we've got um, service office occupiers, some of these um, shared working um, operators, really well established in Bristol now, and and also seeing good occupancy rates, um, and also schemes like the engines engine shed um, incubator um, space for small businesses where it creates a hub and 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 you see you know you can almost feel the energy in those places where the businesses are, are sparking off each other and then um, you know going on to do bigger and better things um, so yeah I think in answer to your question that there, there is good provision for for those kind of businesses here and um, we, we've seen that for some time. It's not a new thing. It, it's something that Bristol has probably been quite good at for, for, for some time. 
Good stuff. Okay. Um, um, kind of more broadly across offices, um, how close would you say we are to getting back to, you know, pre-pandemic levels of demand and how do you see the year ahead in that respect? Yeah, um, I think certainly from our, from Burst and Cook's perspective, um, at the end of last year, um, people were still nervous about coming back to the office and Omicron was was really affecting um confidence in the market but so far this year now that um it, it it seems that it's not not as bad as had been first feared um we're seeing inquiry levels pick up um demand is definitely there where it perhaps wasn't last year um and, and the number of um deals being agreed is really pushing on so and and speaking to other agents in the city i think that that is a, a broad trend so um you know Again, we're we're lucky in Bristol. We've got strong financial sector, strong legal sector, strong startup sector. All of these drive the demand for space, um, and um, we're we're feeling pretty good about this year, um, and hopefully see see demand um, continue and those deals being done. Sure. Okay. Um, and as a company, are you guys kind of now back in the office full time, or is it kind of a bit of a flexi working practice going on? Yeah, we um, we have a, a bit of a mix, um, mm. but in, in fairness, we we had a bit of a mix before before everything started too. Um, right. Um, um, because we're small, um, there's a lot of trust in our office, which perhaps but um before um mm. the pandemic um felt that um made it sort of possible for us to to do that, and certainly um as an agency business though, being in the office is really valuable because we rely on the flow of information between us and and with our clients and applicants and, and to do that effectively um it does help to be in the same room um you know we proved that you can do it working from home but i think that you know it it's it's important to be in that environment um but also i think you know from a identity um perspective as a business and uh, an ethos um it it's good to be to be together so that we can make decisions together we can discuss things together regularly or off the cuff um and, and really um be in a position to to make sure that the business is is doing the best it can for its clients which is what we're always trying to do um so yeah we are we're, we're mainly back in the office now um certainly f full office today um uh, but we do have the the ability to work from home and be flexible if we need to which i think is probably the ideal setup really absolutely um, okay yeah. uh now um bristol is kind of lucky in the well not luck's probably the wrong word but it, it's kind of has one of the country's top universities um kind of on its doorstep um how important is that to kind of you know the, the market because i know a lot of people who went there and just kind of basically stayed in bristol because they like it so much um so i mean does that give it an advantage in terms of you know attracting bright young you know recruits to, into the local workforce Certainly, um, the the both of the universities are extremely important to the economy in Bristol, um, the University of the West of England and Bristol University. Um, they they, I think they contribute in in more ways than many people realise. Um, there's there's the obvious benefits of the the landlords 
getting rent from the students who, who are taking taking space for them. Um, but as you've mentioned, there's the the follow on from from the fact that many of those students stay in the city once they've graduated and go on to work for the businesses in in the city. Um, and that's you know having that sort of highly educated workforce on your doorstep is a major draw for for businesses in the city. Um, I think there are also um, many spin-offs from the university, um, from their various departments that develop into businesses um, in the medical and tech sector, um, uh, science. Um, there have been some, you know, real success stories in in the past where um, work that's originated from the university has then gone on to to develop into bigger things, um, which is which is fantastic. Um, and you know also the the sort of the contribution that the students make to um the economy in terms of their spend on the leisure scene um you know food and drink um nights out and all of that kind of stuff it all feeds back into the city um and certainly when when we were in lockdown and there were fewer students in the city it felt like a very different place um and i think that um if you ask many of the businesses around here they'll say that both universities are are very important um so yeah we're lucky to have them sure okay um in terms of then quality of life i mean people talk a lot about you know what makes offices attractive you know the technical wizardry and innovative workspace design etc um do you feel that um you know just being a really nice place to live is kind of a little bit overlooked as a, as a reason why a firm would set up in a particular place yeah i, I think it's probably one of the critical things um you you can there's there's a lot of thought and money going into how offices look and how they feel but you know that's well i suppose 50 percent of your life but the other 50 percent is is outside of work and mm. and it, you, you you can make an office as nice nice as you like but if it's not in in a place where people want to be then uh, then it's not going to work and so um you know bristol is I'm from Bristol. Um, I've been away from Bristol, and I ended up coming back to it. And the reason I came back is I'd never, I didn't find anywhere else that could match it really for for what's on offer for me. Um, uh, you know, London is fantastic, and and it is very difficult to compete with London. Um, but Bristol's got a huge amount to offer. You've got the countryside on your doorstep, but you've also got all of the big things that you need in a city. Um, cultural events um you've got really mix of a uh, great mix of housing stock um and the other thing about bristol which is great is that it's it's really accessible um you can walk to most places in bristol um and and that makes it a nice place to be you're not spending a lot of time in the car or on public transport um and we've got the docks which is a fantastic area of the city um so yeah it is a good place to be and i think that does play a major part in, in why people want to work here sure okay um now um bristol it's often compared to brighton um in that they're both you know considered quite socially liberal um near the sea they've got a bohemian vibe about them um does bristol share brighton's retail philosophy in that there's a kind of a very strong focus on independent shops um and if so has this made the offering more resilient at a time when you know the larger more established high street names have fallen by the wayside we we have a fantastic independent retail sector in bristol um it's 
it's one of the things that um, time and again is referred to by um, by not not only retailers but also um, office occupiers um, and just o occupiers in general. They they love the fact that there's such a diverse offering of retail in in the city. Um, and yeah, it, it's been uh, Gloucester Road is probably one of the most well known. Um, but over the last few years, places like North Street in Southville um, have developed along a sim similar line with with small independent businesses that just give that extra sort of personal edge to their offering. Uh, and also, um, you know, they're they're often the ones that that spot trends before the others and can adapt to them and so um you know we've seen a lot of those independent retailers adapt their offerings to incorporate you know coffee shops into their retail environment and and all sorts of things that that just mean that it, it's more interesting and, and more attractive to to shoppers and it's um it's one of the things that bristol's been been really good at and, and as you say it's it's resulted in in that sector being really resilient throughout the pan pandemic um and we've certainly done a lot of retail deals in, in that area um over the last two years um when everyone thought that it was probably going to be hit the hardest um the fact that we've got those entrepreneurial um retailers uh, independent retailers that that know their market really well um and know what to offer to make a business work has meant that 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 sector stood up brilliantly and uh it's something that i think you know we as a city should be really proud of sure good stuff okay i mean i guess kind of one of the outcomes of everyone working from home um is that people are kind of socializing and shopping locally rather than necessarily going into the city center quite as much um has that led to increased activity and in, i guess what you'd call the suburban retail markets yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> is, the, is the short answer um yeah, it, it certainly has. Um, I think uh, areas that previously not weren't struggling, but you know the, the footfall perhaps wasn't what it had been in the past, um, ha have just come back to life. Um, and it it's a sort of catch twenty two with those um, those areas is that to generate the footfall you have to give the offering, but to give the offering people need to feel like the footfall's there. And and I think that. Um, what the pandemic's done is it, it, it generated that footfall and people have recognized that the smaller independent businesses have recognized that and they've moved into those spaces again and it's it's rejuvenated them um and uh i think that you know i i would hope that that trend will be sustainable um because it it's the, there's the talk about the sort of 15 minute, 20 minute neighbourhood where everything's, you know, walkable within that time frame. Um, and certainly as a city, um, Bristol's on a drive to decrease car usage, increase, um, you know, foot traffic, um, pedal pedal traffic. We've got the e-scooter scheme here and things like that. And and as I was mentioning earlier, the city, it is quite easy to walk around the city. So it I think that we will see that trend continue um, and uh, those local neighbourhood areas um, remain vibrant with, with good offerings for, for the local residents. Indeed. OK. Um, what are the retail vacancy rates like in the city centre? I mean, are there kind of still empty spaces where they once did the likes of Debenhams and BHS? Um, yes, there are. Um, but 
I think that the you know it's in the scheme of things it's it's not been a long time since that that's happened and they're certainly looking at plans now for those spaces to to repurpose them um for for more mixed use um and things like bhs um metrobank took space in in the old bhs in, in bristol um we've got little looking at taking um uh, an h&m store that, that was an h&m store and and there's um i think you know those city centre areas that when it, it's always a shame for the people involved when those larger occupiers go but um i think that there is now a sort of uh, a realization that mixed use offerings um and, and perhaps a more diverse offering is, is going to be required and and steps are being taken to make that happen so i I'm not concerned about um, about those um, those areas. I think they will come come back and probably in a better place than they were before. Um, there'll be there'll be more diverse offering, um, and that will in turn pull in different people to the area that might not have gone there before. So it c it could change change areas for the better. Um, so yeah, yes, there are vacancies, but I think that it's an it's a necessary step in the process to to get to a better place. Okay, yeah. So we basically need a bit of a broader rethink of, of what city centres could and should be. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's they there was a time when it was seen as it should just be pure retail. Um and, mm. and for a time that worked. Um but but times change and the market changes and um it's important to, to adapt to those changes. And I think that we're in a process of that happening now. Uh, exactly how it will look like I don't think many people know um, and let's face it a lot of it comes down to planning um, and local authority um, uh, but I think that there is in in general a uh, a feeling of of something needs to be done uh, and a and a sort of desire to to make that change so I I think we will see it happen um, yeah Excellent. Okay. Um, now, um, <clears throat> one of the other consequences of lockdown is that we've all been watching a lot more television these past couple of years. Um, and I've noticed that with things like the Outlaws and Show Trial, um, it seems like we're seeing more of Bristol on our screens. Um, so I actually Googled this and it turns out it's a thing. Um, the, there's a Bristol film office that said there were 13 drama productions underway in the first quarter of last year compared to just four in the same period the previous year. Um, does that kind of extra exposure help the city, do you think, um, and kind of make it more, make the CRE offering more attractive? Uh, undoubtedly. I think, you know, it, well, you'd hope that, that those productions show the city in a, in a good light, um, but, but it, not always the case. But I think that, you know, the old phrase, any any publicity hmm. is good publicity um sometimes um you, you know can help if if bristol probably isn't always at, at the front of people's minds when they think of regional cities in the uk but things productions you know 13 productions in a year with bristol at the heart of them starts to change that and people going oh look at that there's you know the suspension bridge um the the avon gorge the the docks um and all of the other amazing um buildings and and views that we have in the city um start to sort of get people interested in it um i think that you know the the reason that we've got so many productions in the city is is uh, an offshoot of the fact that we've got 
so much of that industry starting to locate to Bristol. Um, and it's only natural that they'll they'll look on their doorstep first um, for, for doing carrying out these productions, especially when the city has got so much to offer. Um, and yeah, we've seen a, a, a strong growth over the last few years of those media businesses, production companies um, coming into the city. Um, and, and hopefully that continues because they're not only having an effect with their occupation of office space and industrial space, but as you've picked up on a massive effect by getting Bristol on the map um, mm. more more widely. So, yeah, it's a great thing. Cool. OK, so you're finding you're doing an increasing number of deals with companies in, in the TV and the, I guess the broader creative sector. Yes. Yeah. Um, we we've acted for a number of large production businesses um, media businesses um, that, that have come into the city and, and we've also acted for landlords doing deals with businesses like that. So it's a, um, it, it, it's something that, that I think is recognised now um, as an established um, strong sector in Bristol and, and it's growing, it's gathering pace. There are um, more, more of those businesses being attracted to to that talent pool that is already here um so yeah it's, it's a really positive thing for the city good stuff okay um now also as i kind of alluded to earlier bristol's got a, a proud musical heritage and a you know a thriving live music scene um how important is that in, in keeping the you know wider nighttime economy alive i think it's very important um there's the the problems that the leisure industry in in general have have had over the last two years been well documented but um the, being able to open is one thing but if you don't have the customers is it 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 doesn't work and what those what the venues in bristol do is bring in that that uh footfall those customers uh, and they feed into the restaurants um you know, that doing pre-show meals or, or post-show drinks at the bars and, and everything else, the hotels, um, because Bristol's one of the biggest centres in the southwest. We draw people from all over to come and see see acts in Bristol. And so, uh, yeah, it, they, they need places to stay. And certainly we've seen strong um, hotel development in the city over the last um, couple of years um, with, with a couple of large hotels due to finish this year. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, the Bristol Beacon, um, which is having an overhaul, which is due to finish soon, um, is one of those really big draws in the A2 Academy next door to that um, and, and bringing sort of larger, well-known acts into the city. And then, of course, we've got the potential of the arena um, that, that could have a really big impact in the in the north of the city, bringing people in um, and... So yeah, it's it's a definite positive for the city, and um, once that industry is really back and firing over the next couple of years, I think it'll be a great great bonus to all the other businesses that operate in that that area. What's the latest with the arena actually? Because I remember reading it; it must have been at least ten years ago that there were kind of plans for it. Yeah, um, well, the, the the plan now is for the arena to be out um, on, on the old um, Filton Airfield um, site. Um, there's still a bit of a way to go with that, um, but I think that if you asked most people in Bristol, they're keen to get that done. 
because it's the sort of thing that Bristol needs. Um, you know, we are short of a, a, a big event space of that sort of nature. Um, and so being able to provide that, um, we've obviously got the Ashton Gate Stadium that holds events during the summer, but for the rest of the year, that's a sporting venue. Um, but yeah, it'd be great to get it, get it going. So we hope that that, that can come to fruition. Sure. Excellent. OK. Uh, now, I mean, looking ahead to 2022, um, what are your main hopes as a as a company? Well, I think um, first and foremost that um, we see the back of, of coronavirus as a as a major issue and that everyone continues to be sort of healthy and, and happy. But be, beyond that, from a business perspective, I think that um, what we what we'd really like to see is is Bristol doing what it's doing now, which is just dusting itself off and, and doing what is done for for many many years, which is just push forward and and be innovative um, and attract um, strong businesses um, and maintain the strong businesses that we've already got. And and for for our for our part, we just we really enjoy being part of that. And, and helping our clients, whether they be occupiers or landlords, um, just do the best for their businesses and, and being part of the, the fabric of, of the Bristol sort of property scene um, and, and helping develop the city to, to reach its full potential, which I think it, it, it's going to. We're, we're in such a good place in Bristol and it's, it's a fantastic city to live in and to work in. And um, I, I feel really confident that the next few years are going to be good ones for for the city and for us as a business so um yeah looking forward to it okay okay excellent um and uh what do you think you know if money was no object what would you like to see the government do that would or the, you know, the broader powers that be do just that would really help the, the cre market um oh well i think you know there's there's probably there's a lot of different answers to that question, but I think one of the <laughs> things that comes up time and again is planning. Um, I think that for for everybody, for for the, the the planning departments in the local authorities and for developers and investors, a simplification of the planning process, I think, would uh, would is probably overdue. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that it's it it this is an an agent talking planning and we tend to have a simplified view of things um but it it does just seem that the process can can take too long uh, and that really can affect um development but also investment and and all sorts of other things and just progress in general um so i think you know planning planning a planning shake up um and business rates you know mm. that's probably <laughs> the, the one that um occupiers and landlords you know because when 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 properties are vacant um the the landlords are also affected by it i think um uh, an up-to-date look at, at business rates now i don't have the answer for that um but um i think those two areas are something that that a bit more focus could probably be given to 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 yield really good results so yeah those two sure great stuff okay um and finally um you're also a full radius member um which means that um, not only do you get to see where you stand on the rankings um but you also get to kind of view everyone else's data um how useful is that and do you you know kind of welcome this new era of data transparency yeah it's it 
it's a fantastically useful tool. Um, and personally, I, I probably have a look on every day, um, you know, because there's so much information available. I think initially as a small business, we were um, probably, I think it's fair to say nervous um, mm. or, of it because it does provide so much information and you're, um, I think there was probably a reluctance to give up the sort of the, the secrets as it were. But I think our industry has always relied on the flow of information, whether it's within a business or between businesses. Um, and if you can make that easier, and more available, then it just makes everyone's lives easier. Um, and that in turn means that we can provide a better service to clients. So um, it, it's it's a it's a really, really useful thing to have. And um, we certainly try and make the most of it um, because it helps us as a business. Amen to that. OK, well, <laughs> on that, I'm very happy. You know, um, I think we'll bring things to a close. Charlie, thank you very much for your time. Oh, Jim, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on.